everybody, welcome to Pin the Q Podcast. We are in Southwall, which is Monmouth County, episode 8. I'm excited to do this one. I say that every time, but I truly am excited to do this every time we do it. Very um, excited. Pretty nice house. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. I love the black over red. Thank you. That's always been a big uh, big push for me. I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. been tradition here. It's always... Black over it's red, red, yeah. Ah, very nice. Very nice. So, Chief, why don't you uh, tell us who you are? Um, I am John Sachin. I am a member here since 2000, December 2000. I uh, was the chief for seven years. I just got done in December 31st was my last day. So Nice. Uh, I'm back to being a... a black hat. Yeah, black hat. Yeah. That takes a so, little getting used to. It's definitely a lot of getting used to. Yeah, It's only in a few days, though. Yeah, I've only been on one call. So. All right, good. <laughs> it's off to a good start. Yeah, absolutely. All right, awesome. So, um, so you started in 2000. Yep. Okay. What got you into this? When I was in high school, I went to Wall High School, my friend Bill Newberry... Uh, who's now the fire administrator for District 1 in the other side of town, sent out a letter that said, you know, do you want to join the fire explorers? And I didn't know anything about it. Right. Uh, but I just, it said get a pager, and I just wanted a cool pager. So <laughs> uh, so I joined over there, and the rest is history. I, I, I fell in love with it. We lived in South Wall with my, you know, my parents, so I uh, joined South Wall and just fell in love with it. Um, bring you back to when you when you first started here at age 14. Yeah. I mean, what the hell were you thinking coming in here? <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure really what I was getting into, to be honest with you. And then once I, it was a hard transition to come from West Belmar, the district one, and to come over here because right. this was the, these were like the big bad guys from the South End. Uh, so I was really nervous about that coming as a 16 year old and all the senior guys here were intimidating. Right. Uh, so when I did do that, it was rough in the beginning, but uh, best decision I ever did in my life. Did you find that back then um, more difficult to get accepted by the oh without a doubt. by the brothers in the yeah. house? It wasn't easy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now there's yeah. no there was no like harassment back then. Right. It was right. Just you you dealt with it and and that's how you earn your keeps. All right. Cool. I always tell a funny story. Uh, Monday nights is our drill nights, and the guys would stay here and drink after all the older members and. I couldn't drink because we were very strict about that, and uh, they would leave here at three o'clock in the morning, and I would, they'd say, "All right, clean it up," and I'd have to clean up all the dishes and the glasses, and and you just did it because that's the right. way that's the way it is. Yeah. So that's how you earn your keeps. The way it should be. Yep. Pedal my bicycle to the firehouse for the next call and get booted off the truck. And right, right. <laughs> that's the way it was. Right, but that's that's again that's how it should be, and that's you know how right. most places really worked. Right. So uh, you're a fire explorer, and then you be, and then you obviously went to the fire academy. Yep, I went to Monmouth County Fire Academy. Okay, uh, it was class fifty two. There you go. So it's a shout out to class fifty two if you're <laughs> yeah. part of that, right? Yeah, cool. I don't have any pictures, so if you have any, let me know. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was uh, thirteen sun uh, Saturdays, I think I did, and a um, lot different than it is now because I'm oh, an instructor yeah. too now. So oh, it's, good. It's it's so different. Right. Um, and it rained on our final day, so we didn't really do much. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it was a good experience, though. So, actually, that brings me, I'm glad you brought that up. It brings me to the next point. I didn't know you were a fire instructor. That's, that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, I knew that you were doing it, um, which we'll talk about later. Yep. Um, so, tell me how it, what have you taken away from when you went to the fire academy to what you're doing now? What what changes would you say you make? Well, the... The, the curriculum we follow is much better than what it was back then. Right, right. Uh, and the mandatory hands-on time you have to have on, on tool time and stuff. 
Um, the biggest thing that I do when I teach, and I teach in Middletown, uh, which is a great group of guys, right. um, we're real world guys, right? So you can do the book as much as you want, uh, but when you get in the burn building and you're doing, you know, you're cutting the roof or whatever the case may be, it's it's real world experience, which you know, which is going to help you in the in the in the next step. So right. um, that's really my goal as an instructor is to try to give these guys a little bit of when they're in that situation, like oh, you know. I remember what he said about this or look out for that or right right you know and i don't know everything i'm just sharing a little bit of what i've learned over the years you know and it's you know it's a it's a gift to be able to give to others what you've learned yeah it's or, rewarding you know, and you know how it is when you first get started you, we have no idea what we're doing no we no, think no. we do yeah you have no idea but until you're actually put in that situation you know you and and again you you can read a book, and you could be a great book firefighter. There's right. plenty of them out there, right. you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but you really find out what people are truly about once you see them, you know. Absolutely. Put to task. Yep. When yeah. the stress is on, and and they got to remember, you know, what they've learned or what anything that that's when it counts. So you're uh, you're past chief here at South Wall, um, yep. which in my opinion is a uh, feather in your cap. This is a, a well-known, well-established, well-respected fire department. Yeah. Thank um, you. So so again, so I know that you being chief that to me means something um you didn't just walk into this you've certainly earned it sure. so uh good job thank you good job for your accomplishment thank so you. you graduate to fire academy you're a firefighter here you know i, I know the drill because i've been in your shoes and it's you know you're trying to get accepted you try to get as much as you can from the senior guys yeah um what was it you first you became a lieutenant right i became a second lieutenant when i was 21 okay so way too young yeah yeah um but it, back then it was like um you know we would have like three four guys running for the position it wasn't really just man well we need to fill the second lieutenant spot so you're gonna run um so i ran against uh i ran twice i lost the first time and then i ran again um and i got to be second lieutenant and that um, sucks, by the way, right? When, you, when you're running for something and you really want it and you lose, you're like... <laughs> it's horrible. Man, that sucks. It's yeah. like, but it's a good reality check, too. It, it's, uh, yeah. So I, so I won the second time. Good. Um, did lieutenant for three years. And then I moved to captain. I skipped first lieutenant and I went to captain. I was captain for three years. I'm trying to think. I was in the line for set, uh, 13 years total. Okay, good. So I did three years as captain. Uh, and that was my favorite. Captain's the best spot. Everyone, I, everyone I interview says that to me. Captain's yep. the, the best thing. Deputy chief was good, but you know I was ready to be chief. Right. Um, but the transition was I just had to be deputy chief first. Right. Um, and then I became chief, and the first two years were not good. Uh, <laughs> you La know, elaborate I, on that. Because I was well, when you're this is the way I always said it was when you become you become a regular member in a fire company. Uh, you got to earn that. Right. You, you get your blue three here, and then and then you got to prove yourself. Right. Uh, when you become lieutenant, same thing. You get the you get the white shield, but you got to prove yourself. When you get to chief, you're like, all right, I, I I'm the chief now, but it doesn't work that way. It's when the guys accept you as chief. Hundred uh, percent. Right. Yeah. So you could walk around with the white helmet and the car, and you know, call command at the toaster oven fires. But it's not until the guys accept you as chief. And that was a hard thing for me to understand because I was also 26 years old. So wow, it's pretty young yeah, to be too, chief. Too young. Especially here. Yeah. Um, you know, and we get some shit here. So yeah, yeah. It's, it, it was too young. Right. So by the time it matured me in the position of fire chief, it also matured me as a man. Um, but I had to learn that 
I wasn't really the chief until the guys accepted me as the leader of the organization. So, yeah, I'll, I'll speak personally on that. Um, that's just the way it is, bro. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you, you could, you could, like you just said, you just couldn't send any better. You could wear a white hat, you can drive a fancy car, and you can say to the chief, but until those guys on a rig who are getting off the rig respect you right. and not just your hat, right. you know, that, that's when you know you're really succeeding in what you're trying to accomplish. Exactly. You know? I mean, I, I think that's I think that's important for a lot of people to understand. And, and uh, at 26, I look at you at 26 years old. I mean, you're you're obviously in good shape. You know, you you know you you, you want to be inside the fire oh, fire yeah. building, and yeah. now you're 26 years old, standing outside a command, going, "Man, I want to be inside. I want to oh, be inside yeah. there." But now I'm stuck here. And that's a hard that's a that's a very hard thing to do is be the first one out of fire, and not do anything right which you're doing a lot in the command of course of course right but not, right i'm not taking it away from it sure right. but not not being able to go in and, and pull you got to trust your guys and trust the training that they're right. going to pull the hose line right and do whatever they got to do so um but constantly proving yourself as chief right over seven years i was constantly proving myself and um you know the constant i don't want to say battles but just just every day, it's every day, it's constant. It's constant anxiety about what's happening next. And, um, you know, it's just, I was just burnt out. I did a lot when I was chief and had a lot of great accomplishments and was just burnt out. Let me ask you, how many times did you leave here after dealing with and putting out fires? I mean, here. How many times did you leave here, get in your truck and go, what am I doing? Oh, my God. What am I doing? I, right? I can't even tell you how many times. And and now that you know I'm getting married next or uh, this year in October. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. So uh, I'm like, you know what? This is a great year to start fresh. Yep. Um, I'm sure she's not mad about that. <laughs> no, right? not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because it wears. It yeah, just it takes wears a lot away from you. Yeah, it takes a lot of time. And like you said, you get in the and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Right, right. what, what am I doing? So when you get when you get like that, right, bro? You're 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 leaving here and you're like, what am I doing this for? I mean, I. These guys aren't respecting what I'm putting into this. I'm not getting paid for this. This is all on my time. Yep. I'm stressed out. I'm I'm taking out on other people. I'm sure you did. Oh, didn't yeah. mean to, but you do. Because yep, I I did myself. What brings you back? What gets you back to where you need to be? I think just that, you know, everything goes up and down, right? So um, I looked at this, unfortunately, I kind of looked at this was that these people are not my friends, right? Uh, I know who my friends are. And the people who are giving me the most problems are not my friends. Uh, so I am in this for the reasons I know are the right reasons. I can look myself in the mirror every single day. And that was one of the biggest things was if I make a decision, I need to live with that decision. And I need to look in the mirror every day and know that this is why I made that decision. And I could justify that to anybody. Right. It's your opinion whether you think that's right or wrong. But um, and, and just understand that that. I know why I'm doing this and, and the passion that I have for it. And I'm trying to make it a better place. Like you said, it's a highly respectable place. It is. Um, and, you know, we did a lot of good here. And I can't do that. You know, I can't take credit for that myself. My The members are right, right. The, the guys who really did it. Um, so, you know, you have to give credit where credit's due. And you have to keep the people who are just... Uh, the, nays, know, po- the naysayers. Yeah, poisonous we'll, we'll, fruit. We'll be nice and say know? the naysayers. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the poison you have to keep that yep. that bay and, that's, and, and listen every organization is going to have your toxic people absolutely you know it, it's just it's just what happens um i don't think it's always 
done facetiously, but I think sometimes people just lose their sight of what's important. Right. And, you know, that, that bullshit starts to happen. And I think you, they, they, they need, like, if stuff's going too quiet, yeah, right, yeah. they need a little something to. Yeah. And that's kind of how I reasoned with it. You'll notice the busier houses have less drama. Oh, yeah. You know, because you don't have time for it. You know, the, the houses that are not as busy as others, they right. seem to have more inside bullshit going yeah. on, right? Yeah. So, so good. So you became chief at a pretty young age, 26 yeah. years old. That, to me, that's, that's pretty young. Um, obviously, you took a lot away from being a chief of a company, especially disrespected, which, in, again, I, I, I can't say enough that this is a, it's an intimidating house. You know, coming in here and seeing the apparatus and how clean everything is and how, yeah. obviously, how squared away it is. I know, I know the reputation of South Wall. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot about you um, through the research, and um, what what I this was not always a volunteer house, correct? We started. Uh, it was always volunteer. I, I mean, I apologize. I meant this wasn't. Uh, this was all volunteer at one time, and now it's not yeah. correct. So. So we had a career firefighter here okay. who started about 13 years ago. One guy. Right. 7:30 to 3:30. Um, he was a chauffeur. He was just uh, kind of whatever. Okay. If he drove, he drove. If he was on the rig, he was on the rig. He, so um, we decided, well, I decided to push for a career engine because we needed daytime people. And right. it wasn't just, it wasn't because guys were choosing not to show up. We, I went through this whole big study with all of our members of why are you not coming? Is it because of work? Is it because of, you just don't want to? They, it was either work, childcare, you know, whatever. Right. So uh, I pushed for the commissioners to hire two more guys, uh, which we did. So we made that firefighter career lieutenant and um, hired two more guys. So now that we have a career engine, um, 7.30, 3.30, Monday through Friday, and I was in charge of that for the year. Um, and we signed the shared service agreement with District 1 with Bill Newberry, actually the guy who... Okay. Um, to answer, to assist them on their calls during the day, Monday through That's Friday. That's first alarm. First yep. alarm assignment? Okay. Yep. Any call they go on, our engine goes and nice. helps them. Um, so it was like a huge step sure. in, in Wall sure. Township. Yeah. In the area, really. Um, so very proud of that. Um, yeah, you should be. That's that's a good deal, man. Yeah. So we're looking to hire another guy this year, probably. Cool. That was budgeted. Uh, so it's exciting, you know. And and it was a transition. Right. Because we hired two of our volunteers. Um and, and they're no longer volunteers, correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah, they have to be inactive, exempt from right, the right. company. So uh, it was a transition, big transition, um, but it was needed. You know, we have to do what we got to do to answer fire calls. You can, the days of going on a fire call, one guy, or yeah, you can't, you can't do that anymore. So looking back at what you've accomplished, um, you know, being you know a person that started that program, um, are you happy with the outcome? Yeah, it's 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 one of the biggest things was uh, when I was chief was that. If I'm at work and I can't go to a call, that I know I got three guys with a head on their shoulders to handle it. Right, right. You know, so um, it was huge. It is a relief for you oh, as, as a chief of the department. Yeah. You're in charge of everything. Yep, I know? got eight hours where I can right. relax, you know. So it was it was great, and it's going great. And uh, how, how difficult was it to bridge the gap between the, the whole, you know, volunteer and career aspect in one department of combination house? Because let's face it, um, I work in a accommodation department. I'm telling you right now, it's it's a it's an always revolving challenge to make sure everything goes right. Right. It's uh it was a challenge a little bit, but the guys knew we needed it. Right. Um. So we weren't taking anything away from them. It was uh, it was more of like okay, we, you know, this is what we got to do. So. Right. Right. 
but I think there is a gap between them, the, the career staff now, and the volunteers, which it could go very bad or it could improve. So right. um, we'll just have to see what Well, happens. it's incumbent upon these guys to make that make that transition better. Right. You know, everybody's doing the same job and, you know, everyone has to be, it has to be cohesive. Yeah. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and I think it'll be fine. Yeah, good. Um, but, you know, you never know what the future will But it's a new program too. Exactly. So it's going to have its hurdles, you know, coming, coming out of the gate. Exactly. All right. All right. Good. So um, being a combination department, you know, there's always an engine on the road. So how does, how does, what's the dynamic of, uh, of Southwall? How do you guys operate? So um, we started box alarms, okay. which when I was chief, we started that um, in the township. So any smoke or fire in a building, we go to a box alarm automatically, which brings all three districts. Um, and these are all wall township districts? Yep. Okay. District one is West Belmar, two is Glendola, okay. and three is us. So. Right. Um, so that started, which was another relief. You know, you got guys on the road. Right. Um, and they will, we, have, we usually dispatch to see who's responding, so... Um, if there's another guy coming, they'll wait for a fourth guy. If it's, you know, fire with entrapment or something, they know to just go uh, get on the road. And then the volunteers will come. They'll staff the other engine or the ladder, whatever we need. Yeah. And uh, then just work cohesively. But the chief, you know, the volunteer chief's in charge. Right, right. right. Um, so we made him career lieutenant. So our captain, deputy chief, and chief are above him. They'll run the incident, and he'll be, you know, sort of operations or whatever. So. Right. Um, what's the what's the career lieutenant's responsibilities daily? Is he in charge? Obviously, he's <laughs> in charge have to of ask the, the fire commissioners now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what, what what we made was they answer EMS calls too. They, oh, okay. they, they answer ALS any ALS call in district one, uh, in district three. So right. um, they're they're always on the road, but um, you know daily chores around the firehouse, cleaning the trucks. They do truck checks on all the trucks, all the equipment. Um, they run all the saws, all Good. of our extrication stuff. You know, so they're like a huge, they're, they're a huge part that goes on that guys don't know they do. Right. That like when they pull a saw, it starts, you know, that was because. Well, that, that's why I asked because, yeah, you know, I, I don't crew. think a lot of people understand, right. you know, what actually goes on. It's not like people, well, I think there's some misconception that people are sitting on the lawn, you know, a chair. No. Yeah. Hit, hit watching TV. <laughs> Definitely and that's not the that case. doesn't happen here. Right. And, and, um, you know, like I said, when, when you pull a saw here or, or uh, extrication, it starts, right. and if it doesn't start, you know somebody's going to chuck it across the lawn, and that, in the eighteen years, I don't remember that really ever happening. So, not good. Um, they're they're like you said, a big part of what goes on when it, at three in the morning a guy starts a saw and it starts, or it's filled with fuel. Right. It didn't just right. happen. The ferry didn't come. Yeah. To yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> That's good. So, so chief, the reason I brought you on the show um, is, you know, I know you were involved in a in, a, in an incident that affected you personally. Yep. And, you know, like I told you when we spoke, you know, that this show is about um, my show is about individuals. My show is about, you know, getting to meet people like yourself. And all, I've been very fortunate. All the guests I've had have, have all bought into what I'm doing and, mm-hmm. and appreciate that people want to hear these stories, bro. Right. They do. And I think it's important. I think it's really important that the new generation firefighters and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. And I don't mean any disrespect. I just mean it's different. Definitely. Would you agree it's different? Absolutely different. I think they need to hear these things and know that there's a lot more goes into this. This is yeah. we don't just come and show up on a truck and just go. Like there's a lot that lots is involved. Why don't you yeah. tell me about this uh, incident you were involved in? So, um, 2015 September, I think it was September 15th, 2015. It was Wildwood weekend, uh, which I hate Wildwood by the way. Okay. 
it's just an, it's just a drinking event, which I don't really drink that much. So, um, we had a structure fire, which was a box alarm at one o'clock in the morning in District One, so the other side of town. Um, so I'm driving there. Their chief didn't check on the air because he was in Wildwood. Um, I check on, said I was going. The de deputy chief from District Two signed on, said they were going. While I was responding, the PD said, we can see a guy in the back door, but we can't get in because of the smoke. So I said, okay. Well, I was like, here we go, you know. Yeah, you got a job. This is it, yeah. so. Um, uh, when I said that, I realized that I was gonna be the first one there, because the deputy chief from District Two coming from Hal. Right. So I knew I was gonna be the first one there, so. Uh, and it's funny, I always kept my pack in the back of my chief truck with the mask on, and I was like, oh, if I ever need it, I'll just be able to throw it on. And I was right. like, crap. <laughs> now right. I really need it. So, right, right. Uh, so I get there. Long story short, I get there. There was a little bit of little fire in the front. Uh, was on the couch. Uh, the windows, the doors were all intact. I ran around back. Everybody's yelling and screaming. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I put my gear on, run around back. I'm going in the back door. Smoke. I, I actually didn't even have my gloves on. That's how not hot it was. And so uh, I'm standing up, walking in, put my gloves on. And I get to this guy. He's probably 300 50 pounds, shorts around his ankles, no other clothes on, and he looked like he was alive. Right. Um, so I kind of looked down at him, and I was like, ah, oh, he looks like he's alive. I yelled to the cop, and he was like, all right, I'll drag him out then. So he was in a hallway between the uh, kitchen and the bedroom, so I couldn't turn him around. So it was, I could grab his underneath his arm. So uh, I grabbed his legs and slipped off of him because he was like a boiled chicken, you know? So Yeah, yeah. The skin was coming off. He's bleeding now. Right. So uh, I slipped off of him. I went back and grabbed, got his legs underneath him again, tried to pull him again, but then, you know, all blood and stuff. So with that, I went around to his head because uh, I was going to get webbing out of my pocket and just got hit with like a, such a sudden change of heat I've never felt before. Right. Um, so your conditions are, are getting worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you could see, um, well, I'll tell you after, but um, I do a class. Uh, it's called Are You Ready? And it's this is basically what I talk about. I have video of it. Um, and we'll go into that later, but I'll finish what I was saying. Um, so the, the heat hit me. Uh, I was like, you know, something's not right here. I had my back to the fire at this point. And I was like, well, if my ears are burning, this guy's going to be dead. And I was like, all right. So I, I just went out the back door. And as I came around the back door... You know, I was blowtorching out the front window, so obviously okay, yeah. that front window let loose. Right, right. Um, and that was kind of really it. I sat in the driveway. I had blood and stuff all over me, so I, they were helping me get my stuff off. And that was really it. I was kind of in the daze. Um, but one of my members came over to me after and said, Oh, bro, you got, did you get a safe? I heard you got a safe. And that hit me like a bag of shit. And I'll never forget that to this, to this day. And... Um, what I talk about in my class is how I processed that incident, and it was, and I processed it very poorly. Right. Um, so, the class is about mental health for first responders. And, and before you go into that, mm. I think it's important for people to understand that you said he was three hundred pounds. Yeah. Okay. Now it's three hundred pounds dead weight. Oh yeah. There's a big difference, bro. Like, you know. <laughs> I wasn't. I, this, I couldn't even move. Right. I couldn't even move. No matter move what him. you can do. Because, you know, there's going to be people that, that watch us and they go, well, man, if I was in that situation, 
you know, I would get super strength and I would just be able to pull yeah. this guy out. And 300 pounds really isn't that. That's 300 pounds dead weight. Yeah, that doesn't happen. It, it's just not possible. <laughs> and and right. everybody, you know, and it's something we talk about too after my right. class. I've got, I have had some critics that say to me, oh, well, you know, you just want to get up there and be in front of a class or tell your story or whatever. Whatever. If you don't like my story, then don't listen to me. You want to make fun of me, whatever. I was, you know, days or weeks away from being an alcoholic and killing myself after that incident, you know, three months after that incident. Um, so, so when you say that, and, and, you know, if you don't want to go into this, that's fine. No. But when you, when you say that to me, you know, you kind of just skip by that, you know, that means that your family life is messed up. Oh, right. That means you're, you're literally sitting at a bar somewhere or you're, or you're drinking way, way too yeah. much, right? More than you normally Disaster. would at all. Right? I would leave. I, so I'll tell you, I was with, I was in a relationship with a girl, uh, for four years before that, we made it till January. This was in September. I made it till January. We broke up. Yeah, she had enough. No doubt in my mind that that played into it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there were other reasons. Right. Uh, now I'm with my beautiful fiance. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. No. No doubt. And and huge part of what I talk about is everything happens for a reason. It's just how you process right. what goes on. So after you know the weeks after the incident, I was drinking almost three, four times a week, which is a lot for me. But when I would drink, it would be like blackout drunk. Right. I would be blackout drunk and go home and just relive that incident. Just relive, like, what if I did this? You know, now everybody thinks I'm like, you know, I'm supposed to be this fire chief, this fire instructor. You know, I talk about fire first survival. I can't even get a guy out of a fire. Like, what kind of fire chief are you? Right. Like, my whole reputation was at stake, and I screwed it up. And, you know, maybe that's, is that arrogance or is that just the way I processed the incident? So, drank, relived the incident, uh, thought about, you know, if I, if, if I killed myself right now, what would they say at my funeral? You know, what would they say at my wake? Yeah. Who would come? Right. Um, so when I talk in my class, and I go in it a lot, you know, it's a lot more passionate. And, of course. Um, yeah. But... It was, you know, I, I, I was at like a crossroads in my life after that. And, and uh, you know, we talked earlier and I said, it, it's not just the one incident. You know, I processed that incident very poorly. Right. However. It was once before, 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 correct, before. That yeah. you processed poorly. I know exactly what you're talking about 100% because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And there's an incident I, I, I was involved in almost the same thing. Not, not that incident, but a similar situation. And I'm like. You feel helpless. Yeah. You know, and then after you, you walk away from it and you're going, man, I, I probably could have did this. I probably could have did that, you know, and then you try to like, oh, well, I did everything I could. But the reality is it's always here. Oh, it's a it's a mental battle. To this day, you it's you a still mental battle. It. Yeah. I still do. Of course. I still to this day said, you know, I could have used my web and I could have done this. I teach guys to do this. I, and, and it's just a battle. And right. you can never go back to that day. And that's what we have to understand is that. Uh, you can't go back to that. You can't do it again. Right. This is it. So you either learn from it, and what I'm doing is sharing my story with guys. I'm not up there telling you I got burned, I almost died. That's, right. that's not what it's about. It's about I almost died from everything else. Right. You know? Um, everything outside of the fire. Correct. Right. So, you know, how many fatal accidents did we go to? How many times we cut people, you know, how many times we cut dead people out of cars? Right. And not have a critical incident stress debriefing? Um 
We just didn't do it back then. Yeah, it just didn't happen. Yeah, you just you got done with the incident. You're like, and you you talk amongst each other. Like that sucked. Right. You know, I, oh, that sucks. And, and and then let's go have a beer. Exactly. And that and exactly that's like the worst thing you could do. Yeah. And, um, and everyone I talk to, bro, everyone I talk to says the same thing. Is like, you know, after you see something, you you really you really shouldn't see, but we do. I mean, this is what we signed up for. I understand sure. that. So you're gonna see certain things, but after you see something that's traumatic. Um, everyone has the same reaction. It's they talk about it for five or ten minutes, and then no one talks about it anymore. Right, right. <laughs> right? It, you don't <laughs> talk about it anymore, and then and then you end up having a beer together or something, yeah. and then and then you start talking about it months later, and then a year later, yeah. and then three years later. The reason we're still talking about it three years later is because we're not over it's, it. Exactly, exactly. Right. And and one of the things I learned after I went to go speak to somebody, and now with my new fiance, is that. I was I am very shut down and there's a point where like if we're having an argument this is talking about home life if we're right. having an argument I'll just shut down and have no emotion and she's like how can you do that and I'm like that's how I live my life now that I understand it right that's how I live my life for 18 years before this was especially when I was chief was you're not allowed to have emotion you can't have emotion right you can't be you know, well, that's a perception anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, forgive me for being terrible, but you cutting a dead person out of a car or a dead family out of a car, you can't be like, oh, my, you know, crying or like, like, it doesn't happen. Right. So you go into shutdown mode. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's how you continue with your daily routine as firemen, especially as volunteers is at uh, that's what I talk about. You're sleeping in your bed and then five minutes later. You're in a life or death situation. Somebody's life's hanging in the balance, and then you, and then two hours later, you got to go back to regular life. That's like that. Your body doesn't work like that. I I can speak to that personally. Where, just what you said, you're in a dead sleep, yeah. right? Dog ass tired. You finally get your head on the pillow, and you feel like you know you're sleeping, and you're in a dead sleep, dreaming about God knows what, and then now you got to get up. Get your shit together. Decide whether or not you're going to pee or not before you leave, right? Because <laughs> right. that's always the, always, piv- yeah. always the pivotal moment, right? Yeah. So then you're out the door, and now your heart's racing. And now is it, You know the deal. If the dispatcher's amped up, sure. you're going to get amped up because that's just how it works. Uh, now you're on the rig, and now you're trying to get your shit together, right? Yeah. So I always think about these moments when you're, when you're getting on the rig at 3 o'clock in the morning and you just woke up. It's not like you're on duty or on the ho- you're at the house and you're going to a job. I think this stands even true for career guys because if you're in bed and you get you get it now next thing you know you're sitting in the back of a rig going to a job mm-hmm. now you have to remember is my Nomex on right do I have all my gear yeah. what's in my pockets like there's a lot going on and you and you don't know what you're going to um, you know like even when you're there you pull up and there's fire showing whatever like you got to make these life or death decisions mm-hmm. and be so. It was in a movie, and I hate to use the cliche of you, you got to be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. You can't, you, you can't get a ninety-five in this job. Right, right. Volunteer career, I don't care. I, I use backdraft uh, <laughs> lines, so it's not more cheesy than yeah. that. Right. You you can't get a ninety-five here. Right. Ninety-five right. doesn't do it. So you got to be a hundred percent. And then what I talk about also in my class is how many times you get up and do that, and then it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do you like? Do you understand what kind of stress that puts on your body? And I didn't. And, and then I did after that day because it's not just that one incident because I've seen dead people I've seen 
bad things. We, we, we go to the parkway. You know, we were going to the parkway in probably 2004 once a weekend, cutting families out of cars. It was, Man, I've been there a million times on a parkway. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a disaster. It, it, it sucks. It really does suck, yeah. And, and, and like you said before, you, you, you don't process that. And how much, how much over time, you know, everybody's bucket fills up. And how much overtime can you take? The best thing ever, I, I ever uh, took a class a couple years ago on supervision, an 80-hour supervisor school. And one of the instructors says something to me, sticks with me to this day. And it was, um, he said, you know, when you start your career, no matter what it is, uh, in emergency services, you, you have a basket. And every bad thing that happens to you, throw an egg cordon in a basket, right? And then you're having a bad day at work. One of your coworkers, you're just don't, you're not getting along. Right. Throw another egg in a bat, you know. Throw another in, egg in a basket, right? So sooner or later, these egg corns or eggs they overflow, right? Because there's no more room in the basket, yeah. and that's when the bad shit happens. That's, that's when you shit. start drinking. Yeah, you know that's when you're, you know, God knows you start gambling or yeah. your your lifestyle changes completely. Right. You know everything you used to love, you don't love anymore. Right. You know you notice you know all the signs of PTSD yeah, and, and and that's I think when people need to recognize that. You know, PTSD is a real a real thing. You know, and one of the things that I said when I went to go talk to somebody as was, you know, don't tell me I have PTSD. I'm I, I'm not a marine or or a, you know a war fighter in Afghanistan. Like those guys are getting their legs blown off. Their mm -hmm. friends are getting it, and and the guy was like, whoa, 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 hold on. He's like, there's a lot of different kinds of PTSD. You know, he's like, you could have PTSD from, you know, being sexually assaulted when, you know. But, so PTSD is very different than what you think it is. And once I kind of understood that of what you just described of you start drinking, you do this, you do that, I started to realize like, okay, well, I got a problem here. You know, I got a real problem here. And, and it could have been real bad. If, it, if I didn't get help, I'd probably just be a drunk probably, got fired, you know, been in jail. Who knows? But right. um, it, it wasn't good. But you did, bro. You did get help. And, and I think that's, that's important for people to see and... And, and understand that you, people aren't alone. No, absolutely. The not. same things you're feeling are the same things other people are feeling, absolutely. maybe even not vocalizing it. Absolutely. You know, who knows? You could be. Go, you can go to one incident, and it that might be enough for you. Right. I mean, you and I, I you know, we have similar experiences. So, you know, for us, uh, just in talking to you, it builds up. Sure. You, know, you, you see one thing, and then another thing, and another thing, and uh, I'll add to that. Uh, a couple of days ago. The brothers out at the uh, in Ocean County, South Jersey, had a bad crash, a fatal, early in the morning, and uh, I was on my way to work. And as I'm driving past, I, I see I see the engine. I you know I see they're they're done. Obviously, it's a fatal, and they're just waiting sure. to remove the body. But what I noticed is all those firefighters that were there were like you know leaning against the guardrail, heads down. A couple more kind of like looking into the field. You know, a couple of them were side by side. You know what they were thinking, bro. Sure. And, you you and, know what they just saw. Right. And and then they got to go home. Right. And deal with their family, their kids. Yeah, their they got to go to work. Yeah. Yep, yep. And and that's what people don't really understand. Right. I, you know, I mean, if there's, you know, if there's any, you know, non-firefighters watching the show right now, that's what I don't think they they don't get that. They right. think, you know, most of them think the firemen put out fires, you know. They're not thinking about the crashes and right. the, the gas explosions that, yeah. you know, all the stuff we get, we see and we're involved in. Yeah. Right? And, and it's, you know, it's stuff that I talk about in my class and I'll, and I'll 
plug my class if you don't mind. No, of course. Uh, it's Are You Ready? And it's uh, I have a website. It's uh, firstrespondermentalhealth.com. Yeah, I'm um, going to put it on the video uh, yeah, so that people see it. Yep. So I come and do a seminar for you. It's a it's a motivate. You know, I talk about what we just talked about in detail, video. Uh, and then I talk about signs and then sort of a motivational thing of, you know, how to get your mind right and how to understand it. And then once you understand it, move past it. Um, it it's, it's really a good class. I've had guys come up to me after, like in tears, telling me how, how much, like, wow, I, I really related to that. Or thank you so much for sharing your story. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what it's all about. It's not, I'm not here to be a millionaire. You know, you're not doing this to be a millionaire. No, it's to share I'm not this. making anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's to share your story and try to help somebody because there's people out there who, who need it. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, how rewarding is that for you? At the end of that, at the end of your seminar, someone comes up to you and says, hey, man, you really affected me. And you're, yeah. they're crying. I mean, that's, it's, yeah. we don't, first of all, we don't cry in front of each other, right? No, that's yeah. not what we do. Nope. So when that happens and you see that, obviously there's a party that says, "Man, this is this is all. It's all worth it." Absolutely, right? and it and it and it definitely is. And and you know, I I've done it a lot. I do it for all hands fire training, and he, okay. you know, Don Calaruso has helped me with a lot of stuff with doing the presentation. So, uh, you know, I owe a lot to him of how to because he's really good at putting it all together, right? I'm not that I'm not good at that. I wrote a couple article articles for Fire Engineering about ah, good that. Good for you. Um, and I'm not a writer. You know, and he helped me a lot. I sent him to review it, so uh, just to give him a shout out. But no, no. knowing people, say, say who he is and where. Yeah, he's Don from, Caluso. Right? He's uh, owns All Hands Fire Training. He's a super great guy. Yeah, I heard uh, a lot of great things about that program, yeah, man. It, it's yeah. it's a great. He's yeah. great. Um, he he really helped me put that class together uh, and write my article. And um, you know, he's a great guy. He's just he's he's one of the guys like we were talking about. You know, there's somebody out there who like needs help or whatever. Right. He's one of those guys you want to know that, like, if you called him, he'd, he'd be like, yeah, I'll be right there, you know, whatever you need. That's great. You need people uh, like that in your life, Yeah, man. no you doubt. Do. Yeah, there's there's a few people like that in my life that, like I said, I keep, I know who my friends are and and everybody else is, you're just over here. Yeah. So. It's um, tough to accept, though, wouldn't you, you know, don't you agree? When you find out that the people you, especially people you thought were, like, you know, Team John. Oh, it's devastating. And then when, when you find out they're not, because I've been in that situation. I have people in my life for years that I, you know, I respect these people and I, you know, I value what they think. And then of course, when they're, when they're shitting on you all the time, you're saying, yeah. and then eventually you have to look in the mirror and go, what am I doing? It's, it's you know, I'm done. I'm done worrying about what you think. And yeah. you're not, you're a toxic person. I'm well, I'm walking away. Yeah. And, and talking about bringing it home with you is, is, um, I thought that was the toilet <laughs> and I was gonna, bro, I was going to say that is amazing. It's unbelievable. Someone just flush the toilet. Yeah. Um, we were talking about bringing stuff home with you right. and um you know stephanie my fiance has just been she's been great with it because during making the career staff and doing the policies and you know we made a special ops team and like all the stuff i bring i brought it home to her and i never realized that i really did carry that on my shoulders and and it's something for chiefs going into to, to remember is that like you said, is it, it's devastating. Yeah. When you find out that oh, guys yeah. are talking shit on you. It is. It's, yeah, absolutely is. And and like you said, you can't show emotion. We don't cry. We don't do this. But somebody's getting the brunt of that. Oh, absolutely. And it's probably unfortunately it's the people like you know you care about. You know, and, and, the people most close to you. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, it's something to it's something to really take away and and remember that. It, it yes, it is volunteer, but it's really a career, and it takes the same tolls on you as a career. Um, and and sometimes worse. You know, I I, uh, I just had the um, 
interview with Captain Friedman from uh, Passaic. Right. And in his in his interview, he said uh, something that that stuck with me, and uh, I thought it was great. He said that you know what what people don't understand is you know the career guys. There's always some kind of not always, but there has been rifts between the volunteer and the career thing. It's always going to be there. Sure. Um, but he says that he used to, he was a captain in a career house. He used to say to his guys all the time. He said, "Don't forget something. We're on a shift." You know, when our 24 is over, we're going home and we're going to our families. We're doing our things. The volunteers, it's always. Yeah. It's 24-7, 365. So, you know, they're catching work all week long, <laughs> right. 24 hours of the day right. if, if they're around. I mean, you're for, I mean, if you're on vacation for a week and you're home, you have a staycation. You're making You're, you're going to calls, right? Yeah. You're going to all the jobs. So, and, and he, he said that. And, and that, you know, I was like... He's right. Yeah, you know, that's huge. People don't. I don't think people will get that. Like right. it's you're never really turning it off. Right. And especially as a fire chief, are you able to turn it off? That's what I was just gonna say. You're never and and going into it, I didn't realize how much you can't turn it off, and it's constant. Yeah. You know, and it's not even the um, when the pager goes off. It's the anxiety of waiting for the pager to go off. <laughs> yeah. And and you know. The wife wants to go out to dinner, so you're like, all right, well, you know, I got to keep my phone. And text mm-hmm. my deputy, like, hey, I'm going out to dinner. Like, you know, and now my my TJ is like one of my best friends, and he took over as chief here, and he'll do great. Are you uh, excited for him, bro? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. He'll do great. Yeah. Uh, he's been under me the whole, through the whole line. So cool. But like, I, I think it was maybe two days ago he said to me, man, you did this for seven years, <laughs> and I was like, you're just getting started, man. You're just getting started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's until you're in that seat, right? You don't understand. You yeah. just don't understand. People want to be in the seat, but right. then when they're there, I'm sure it's got to be a lot on you, right? You know. And I talk about in my art. I wrote an article for Fire Engineering, kind of what we talked about before is the new generation. Oh yeah. And just being voted into the position because it's his turn, right? Um, well, when you do your turn and it's a year, you don't. That's not the same. You don't. You know. <laughs> I don't exactly. It, what you're it's not the same. Right. So, right. Right. Uh, and I don't want to be arrogant or anything, but, but seven years in, in a department like this, we do four or 500 calls. Last year we did over 600 calls. You know, it's, it's so much to yeah. handle. The volunteer company I'm in, uh, we're almost 700 calls last year. And it's, it's just, ridiculous. It was like, I, it was like 681 or something. Um, that's a lot of it's calls. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's really, if you sit back and think about how many freaking calls that is, I mean, six, sometimes six a day. Yeah. Uh, how many times you miss dinner, you yeah. miss a date, or you miss whatever. Like, yep. it's just, yep. it's so much to handle. So what advice do you have for the new chief coming in? A lot. Uh, now, he, he's going to do great. He's, right. he's a great fireman. Um, for any new chief, I would say don't take anything home with you. Don't take anything personal. Um, Easier know, said than done. Oh my God! You, it, it took me seven years to realize that. Right. You know, um, don't don't like we talked about it, and I said it three or four times. Leave the people over here. Mm-hmm. You know, you know who it is. Any decision you make, look yourself in the mirror, and this is why I did that decision, and that's it. Yeah. You know, and you you got to be able to say you did that decision for the right reasons. Right. You know, we have a member here who always says do the right thing, like, and and that's just the truth. You just have to do the the hardest part about doing the right thing is doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, you know they always say you should act as if you're always on camera, even oh. when you're not. Well, nowadays, yeah, forget yeah. it. I mean, everybody's got a phone or they're oh, watching. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody's watching. Everybody knows what's going on behind the scenes, and you got to make your decisions and live and die by the sword. And that's if you do that as chief, you could step away. Like I could. Some people aren't happy with me, 
I can step away and hey, listen. I did the right things for the right people at the right times. Right. Did I make mistakes? Of course. Right. But my decisions were not like malice decisions, you know. Looking back at your term as chief, seven years is a long time. Um, what would you have done differently at the beginning? What would you say you, you would have done differently at the beginning? Because uh, you said the hardest part was the, the, the first year, yeah, right? first yeah. two years. Because I didn't realize that I didn't earn anything yet. You know, I, I earned my spot in this company as a member in the company, and then I was a good captain and everything. But when you get the gold helmet, you know, the white helmet and the gold front, you didn't earn that yet. Because you, you, the way our elections work everywhere, you January 1, you get it. Yeah. And you get the gold badge. You didn't earn it. There's a very big difference. Absolutely. There's a very big difference of earning that. And that's why I say, you know, I call them T-shirt and hat wearers. Like the guys, <laughs> the young guys now, they walk around with these T-shirts and the hats yeah. and paid the radio straps. And like, you, 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 are you doing this for the right reasons? You right. know, like that's the question I always want to ask is. And, and you know when you're going to find out is when they're in a situation like, like you were in. And they're in that, and they're in that hallway, and they're pulling out that that body. Yeah, that's when that's when you know rubber meets the road. Oh yeah, and you're gonna find it truly find out when when pe- if people are doing this for the right reasons. I mean, uh, a buddy of mine always says, uh, you know, t-shirts and tattoos. You know, <laughs> and uh, that's the same thing. It, it's true. Yeah. You know, it's true. And and you know, we spoke a little bit before the show, and you know, we we were laughing about some of the new generation and the way things are are headed, um, but. You know, it's a little challenging when you when you're looking at you know you're watching Facebook and YouTube oh, yeah. and you got these guys that are you know starting these um, tactics yeah, shows yeah. and stuff and they've yeah. been on a year. Yeah, and and that's that's <laughs> you know? the same issue of of the article that I wrote is is there's no nobody earns anything anymore. You know, I used to ride my bicycle to firehouse for calls in the middle of the night and they get booted off the truck <laughs> me too and then and then if i made the truck, i'm so glad you said that i thought i was the only one no god me. no and then I, if i made the truck right. i would get yelled at because right. i like i i remember i would take it you know i would take a halligan bar and then the guy who was captain at the time would be like you know what are you doing what are you doing with that and i'm like i, I don't know i'm just grabbed the tool like and then he would you know yell at me like oh my god i can't win yeah you know if you did that to these guys now they they're like, oh, oh yeah you know, they need time out i'm not going to show up now like yeah you know, so it's 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 a whole different world we live in. So so how do you how do you combat that? How do you combat that as a chief with these new guys that have that attitude? Like, what are you doing? I've said this everywhere I go. I, I've taught with all hands. I taught with Middletown. I've been all over. Anywhere you go, the senior men dictate the culture of the firehouse. It's not the it's not the chief, right? Chief? We never we never met each other before, no. right? <laughs> now you're gonna laugh because. You're going to see. I've said exactly what you just said. Really? Yes. That's weird. It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility as senior men. Well, that's what I was just going to say. What my job now is being chief, uh, not being chief is getting on the rig and making sure the guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. The chief now has enough to worry about. Yeah. Running the fire and, right. and talking on the radio. My job is to make sure they get off the truck and they know what they should be doing. Cultivating. Right. Cultivating. Yep. Right. Dude, that's an important job, bro. Anything that you got to do, and and this is another tip for a chief that I wish I knew, is that when you plant a seed, right, you you plant a pumpkin seed, whatever you want to plant, you got to water it, you got to give it the right soil and nutrients, and it takes time to grow. Little sprout, little sprout. That's the same thing at the firehouse. If you come in and you're like, you know, I got this new patch, we're we're making a special ops team. Everybody would be like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. You know, we had a few incidents where we needed to do that, and I was like, all right, we're at a crossroads here. Either we're going to do it or we're not. And and you got to plant it and water it and nutri, you know. And that's every idea that you have as a leader is is you got to work with the ideas and and ease it into the men. And, Agree. And your job as a senior man is to. Hey, that's what the chief wants us to do. That's what we're doing. He wants us to get off the truck with our pack and our hoods on. That's what we're doing. Yeah, and you're inspiring others. Yes. You know, it's not – and listen, let's be realistic. There's senior guys watching us right now, and they're going, bro, he did his time as chief. He can come here. He can get him back in the rig. He can sit back there and do, if nothing. He, and do nothing. Right. Or I you, hate that. Or you could do the opposite like you're talking about, and you're going to you're gonna grab that, that kid by the collar and go, hey, you got to do it this way. Right. You know? And my job now is not to take the nozzle. Right. My job is to be the backup man or right. to be, you know, the officer when there's no officer there. And, and so that the chief has somebody to rely on and the younger members have somebody to rely on. And too much that's not happening across the fire service. You're absolutely right. And, and it's, you know what it is? I don't think it's any, I used to get angry with the senior guys at our places. They don't show up. Guys just don't have, they, they're working two jobs. You know, they're burnt out. They've been doing this for 20, 30 years now. And they're in the position that I'm at where, like, I had a rough time. Maybe they've been having a rough time and nobody knows, you know, so like yeah. you have to take all that into account. But again, like maybe grab these guys and be like, hey, what, what can we do here? You know, what can we do? If you're a young chief, talk to your senior men. What can we do to like get you more involved? Like, can you help me out here? Can you come to training on Monday nights and maybe you could teach them, you know, some packaging or, you know, get them involved. Right. And maybe it's just because the, the fire service has changed so much tactically yeah. that some of the senior guys may be feeling that they're not adequate with some of the new training and some of the new you know we have all these different acronyms now you know right. and, and you know when we first got on the on the, on the job doing this stuff there was we didn't right there was none of that stuff yeah. you know what i mean i remember when, when the fast team first started and then then they then we called us rick, rick and then we yeah, called right. us rit yeah and you know they still don't know what they yeah, want we, we're still gonna we're gonna figure it out one yeah. day what we're actually gonna be called and um on my company, uh, we're huge with the with the RIT team. We're, yeah. we're pretty much for the whole island. So, so for us, we take it very seriously. We train twice a month. We're, yeah. We take it very seriously. So, you know, everybody wants to get on the fire company, and then they want to join the RIT team. Like, bro, slow down here. It doesn't slow work. Down. My problem with the fire service, I think, is that, you know, we have all these people coming in, and then they want to be on the special operations team. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they want to be, they want to jump in the seat, you know. You don't even know what that seat means. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Do you even know what, what goes on up right. there? Right. You know, it's not just hitting, I, hitting a federal queue and pinning right. a queue and, you know, talking on the radio. Right. And I remember when I would get to the firehouse first and sit in the front seat because I was a senior guy, you you had better be out of that front seat if you saw a senior guy pull in. You, <laughs> he If he had to knock on the door to get you out of that seat, you were getting an ass kicking. Yeah. And, and now it's like, oh, what do you mean I got to get out of the seat? Like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. You so, don't want to offend anybody, you know? That's, yeah. All right. So, so yeah, so it's it's good stuff, man. And I think definitely. it's I think the company is very fortunate to have you in the position you're in. Thank you. Because you're still young. Yeah. To be able to be back there and, and be able to, you know, grab these guys, especially because you're an instructor. Yeah. You know, like, that's huge. I love doing it. I love, I love, I just love it. Yeah. You know? And, um, I, I, I thrive in the, uh, teaching and I, I don't know. I just love it. You know, I get my balls busted for teaching. It's okay. Whatever. You, you don't think I get my balls busted for this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is me? great stuff. You know, cause somebody's watching this and they're like, you know, they might like be low on the t te- on the computer because they don't want people to like hear. Oh, they're watching fire. Yeah, they're yeah. going to learn something. From they it. they do. 
not for me. You did eight. At, you know, I'm number eight now. There's, yeah. there's eight people out there. I guarantee you that are gonna be like, this guy's on to something. I, I gotta tell you, everyone that, that I've done this with so far has come back to me and says, "Man, I'm so glad I did it." Because at the beginning, they're like, "I don't know, I'm from being on camera," and I, and I get it. You know, um, even you when you when you first sat down, you're like, "Whoa, I wasn't this expecting." A, this is official. Yeah. Headphones and everything. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> But what I get out of this is meeting people like yourself and, you know, getting people to hear your story. Because I, I think that, you know, people need to hear that. And you know what? We, we can't save everybody. Sure. That's just reality. Right. Um, but, you know, my, my, my hope is that, you know, the young firefighters are watching us t- tonight. See what, see what you have to say. And, and, again, I want you to, um, you know, tell us again about your seminar and how, how, how these guys can register to see your class. Yep. So, um, I have a website. It's first responder, mental health.com. Okay. I'm going to put that on my, uh, yep. on my link. I'm on Facebook, uh, and Instagram. Are you ready? My seminar is called, are you ready? We're doing a big one here at my firehouse on March 9th, March 9th. How, uh, how can they register for that? Go to allhandsfire.com. Okay. And it's under the training section. Awesome. Uh, all hands is sponsoring it. It's uh, Mark Gregory, captain in New York city and Bobby Eckert is captain in Camden and myself so it's a whole day of great guys you know talking learning and uh it's it's gonna be big oh, i'm awesome. excited yeah i'm excited to get the word out there and i'm like so happy that you text me and i could do this because like we talked about it's not about money no it's about getting the word out and helping each other and doing the right thing well chief it was great to meet you finally yeah you no know, and uh, so i wish you a lot of success Thank you so I, much. I hope that yeah. uh, more and more people come to see your seminar and see what you're about and uh Thank you. i enjoyed this this conversation we had i really yeah, did awesome. so since you're a official um alum now you get to get <laughs> you get a pin the cute patch sweet so that was from eagle emblems and graphics they uh they hook us up with these cool patches nice so. those are awesome great yeah, man i got some for you too oh. our special ops patch oh ah, sweet and our firehouse patch there look at that this is great i got official patches here <laughs> yeah. so this is special operations yeah we just do uh we do structural collapse oh cool so uh we got so like a trailer. trt yeah so it's it's good stuff. That's awesome, and you got the big three on the helmet there, yeah. blue shield. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> and then of course, I yeah, everyone has to have Absolutely. a sticker for your lid, bro. Throw it right on there. You know, it's gonna be on a on a black helmet too. Yeah, I love it. That's good stuff. <laughs> All right, there. Thank thanks, I got much. my pay. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And then uh, and then, who's this guy over here? <laughs> Who is this? This guy. This is was, my boy, Zach Sussman. Zach. He's been with me from the start. All right, so. Zach, our boy Zach's been sitting over here watching this whole thing go down. And, and what was the only rule we had for him? Don't make me laugh. Don't don't and make him laugh. So I, I appreciate not not he making was him security. Laugh. So nobody he was. walked through. Yeah. So yeah, he, and he also did security. If anybody came through, he like yeah. that. So so this here it is. Great. So it's yeah. uh, episode eight here at uh, Pin the Q Podcast. Please, if you haven't already doing this, go to. Uh, our Instagram page and follow that. There's some good cats on there that are uh, following us also and commenting on our on our page, which is exciting. Um, some really some really cool cats on there that uh, have been commenting. So I'm noticing it. So thanks so much. Um, also the Facebook page, which again you could see all these links. You get to see the chief and uh, and when his episode is going to air, and of course the YouTube channel. What you're watching right now. There's a little button down there. Hit subscribe. Um, if you hit subscribe, you'll get to see all the new shows that are coming out in the future again thanks again chief i wish you a lot of luck thanks again i appreciate you coming on awesome all right this is it episode eight episode nine coming at you take care be safe god bless